0: The New York Artists Collective Podcast, This Next One's About.
1: Hi there and welcome to the New York Artists Collective Podcast, This Next One's About. This is the podcast where we interview an artist to discuss the creative songwriting process behind one of their songs. I am your host, Stephanie Manns, singer-songwriter and one of the New York Artists Collective producers. Now during lockdown, we have been taking the podcasts live on our Facebook page to find out how artists are dealing with the situation and we've been finding ways to help, uh, giving tips about doing live stream gigs, how to grow your following during this time, as well as looking after your mental health. This episode features last week's live stream Facebook chat with Nashville-based singer-songwriter Sasha McVeigh. Nashville was hit by a devastating tornado and then three weeks later, while the city was still reeling from this disaster, pandemic shut down the city as it has across the globe. Sasha joins us to tell us how she and fellow musicians have been coping with these events, and then she's going to play us a little live track to finish the show. I hope you enjoy. Well, Sasha, it is so lovely to chat to you. I think I only saw you a month or two ago. I know. Isn't that wild? Like, Sasha, yeah.
0: how it, literally, it feels like an eternity just because <laughs> life has changed.
1: Yeah, so imagine rapidly. that. Like, I saw you playing a gig and like imagine that now, you know, we're a month into this whole pandemic where we've not been gigging, you know, and it just feels like a lifetime ago.
0: Exactly. Yeah, exactly.
1: So tell me what it's like. What's the feeling been like in Nashville? I mean, obviously, Nashville is music city. It's pretty much, you know, an economy of music. Um, And Nashville was obviously hit in uh, March by a tornado Um, that was, you know, devastating and and, um, fatal. For, for many people and then the lockdown on Broadway so there have been obviously two really big events for Nashville and how are people coping what is the feeling like down there?
0: I think the biggest issue it's like when anything like that happens you know like in life I mean this is a really good analogy like in life when everyone always jokes like whatever can go wrong will go wrong and my mum always had this thing where she said that bad things always come in threes mm-hmm. uh, so it's the same as when you're going through a really sort of difficult time in your life even the smallest things that happen that set you back seem monumentally bigger um but nashville has literally had two immensely monumental events happen within a week of one another one being um the tornado that tore through like 55 miles um of our state and completely flattened you know the majority of areas that it did hit and then within, like, 14 days or something ridiculous, um, everything was shut down. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Uh, so I think that's, that's, that's been, I think that's been shell-shocking for a lot of people, because everybody was kind of just starting to rebuild from the tornado, and then this happened. Um, so it's almost i mean I feel really I feel awful on a regular basis for all the people who lost their homes during the tornado because the thing is they can't even really get help at the moment because nobody's allowed you know within six feet of one another um, most businesses are closed, so it makes me wonder like where are these people living what are they what are they doing what's happening um, obviously a lot of people are going out and helping with cleanup and stuff like that obviously that's all had to stop. Um, it's just baffling to me that that Nashville was hit with two such devastating events in such close proximity to one another.
1: Mm -hmm. And what has your community been doing and how how have they been communicating with you and how are they coping with this, you know, with all of it?
0: I think it's still, everybody is still in such shock that this is actually happening. I'm kind of in that same boat in the sense that when you're at home, um, aside from obviously it just being odd that we're not at work, you can kind of remove yourself from the situation you can kind of build like a bubble around yourself and feel a sense of normality because you're at home and then it's only when then when you go out to the grocery stores or you start looking on facebook and social media and the news and everything that's when you realize you know this is actually all happening um and that's terrifying i mean people's lives have have completely changed in the space of a month i mean everybody's life changed really in the space of one week you know bars closed um, restaurants closed. I mean all sorts of things, not even just music, but especially for the music industry, so much of what we do is built around crowds of people and entertaining crowds of people, or being together with your band, or going into a writer's room and being in close proximity with writers, and writing and creating music, um, or record executives all getting together in one room and discussing, um, new releases and all of those kinds of things, and all of that has had to come to an end, and it's terrifying. Um, like every day, you feel like you're taking a step forward in some regard, and then you see something that just throws you completely backwards. Like yesterday I was on Twitter, and I saw that a a ton of music journalists that I really respect and look up to, and have read their work for years, they've all been laid off. Um, and you just never think that, because, you know, as an artist like me, I've looked up to those writers and always thought to myself, wow, I would love for them to write about my music. And you just never think that something like this would affect them because you sort of put them up here somewhere. But even those people who, you know, in your mind have more value than you because, you know, their work is published all the way out there. People are reading it. They're even being affected. Um, And I think, I think that's what can be really scary. It just goes to show that it doesn't really matter what position you're in, no matter where you are on the spectrum, you're being affected. Mm -hmm. Uh, And this is having a huge impact on your life.
1: I mean they've called this the great equalizer and a lot of people have called it the great equalizer I think it's also been interesting to see how it has not been the great equalizer you know in terms of people that have wealth um, people who are able to kind of ride it out without having jobs um, and in Nashville you have such a range of success in terms of musicians and you've got you know a number of people who are successful who are probably you know going to be fine through this however you know they we think that they're, they, they will probably be fine living in their big houses and whatnot, but they obviously have a ton of people who work under them, yeah. um, tour managers who work under them, people who, you know, uh, transport all their gear, their sound managers, um, their support acts, all of these things. And it, so it's, it's impacting much quicker and much broader than anything else I think we've experienced in oh, recent years, years.
0: Absolutely. And that's the thing. I think people, that's what people I think forget. It's like when, When originally all this kind of started and everybody's first reaction was, you know, we need to stop mortgage payments and rent payments, all of that needs to stop because nobody's going to have money to pay them. The problem is everything in life is always, it's always a balancing act up the scale. So if I don't pay my mortgage to my mortgage lender, they have also taken that money from another company who they have to pay back. So it's like literally all the way up the scale, everything would have to be stopped in order for everybody to kind of be on this like, equal line so to speak um and that just hasn't happened yet it certainly hasn't happened like in the music industry as you said
1: Mm -hmm. and in terms of how let's talk about how we like musicians and you um and you know your community has adapted like what are some of the ways that you have seen musicians change and you know learning to connect differently we know everyone's doing kind of you know online 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 streaming um i've seen that you've been uh selling handwritten lyrics for your fans and then obviously you, you mentioned that the issue with that is that you need to buy products to do that from amazon who you know currently aren't delivering as quickly as they used to so right. that's obviously having such a knock-on effect right. um, so talk talk to you about that and then also you know i wonder if you know you were talking about musicians getting together in rooms to, to songwrite do you know of people that are um connecting and writing via zoom
0: yeah yeah absolutely i mean it's what was what's kind of incredible and I wrote an article about this for a, a country website called Raised Rowdy, um, because when this all kind of began to happen and the kind of domino effect that happened within a week of the shutdown on Broadway and then the substantial like, shutdown of all of the music venues you know, across Tennessee and then across everywhere, and tours being canceled, festivals, the whole thing, everybody's kind of first reaction was, it's all over. Um, what are we gonna do? How are we gonna come back from this? That's it, we're done. Um, But as with everything, musicians are incredibly resilient people or creative people are incredibly resilient because everything we do is always based on outsider opinion. So we really do have this like strong kind of facade in front of us where we can really kind of cope with anything. And within kind of this a week of, oh my God, what are we going to do? This is a disaster. People were coming up with plans to make it work. Um, People were figuring out how to do these videos where, you know, one band member would record one part, somebody else would record, record another part, and then they put it together and it would look like they were in the same room, but they weren't. Which is incredible. I mean, that's so creative and so interesting to see and be able to do that and it meant that they could still connect with their fans. I mean, as you said, people are doing live streams, people are figuring out ways to stream on multiple platforms at the same time. I mean, I figured out that the best way to do that for me was to literally just set up multiple different devices in like one location and then be streaming to just, you know, all the different places that I knew people would watch. Um, It's meant that people are actually releasing music more than they were before because that's the best way also to reach your fans is to keep releasing content, which has been great to see. I mean, that hasn't, certainly hasn't stopped. Obviously like promotional side of it has because people can't go on radio tours or take meetings and stuff like that. But, Um, They're able to release things digitally, which is incredible. And also, a lot of people are just branching out into industries that I never even knew they were a part of. Um, Like, you've got some guitar players that it turns out they actually know how to paint, and so they're painting and selling their paintings. Um, Or people who are posting doing landscaping for their neighbors, you know, but obviously keeping a distance and stuff. It's just been very inspiring to see people not only come up with ways, creative ways to make money during this, you know, time, but also ways to just fill their time and find a creative release um while we're unable to go in go mm-hmm. in and play. Um, it's been it's been pretty cool to see that.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, we think of artists in the light that we know them. You know, I think of Sasha McBay and I know Sasha McBay is a singer songwriter. Um, You know, she plays with a band on Broadway. I know that about you But I might not know that Sash McVeigh also has this other creative outlet That is not necessarily something that you pursue to make money from but I you know creative people are creative people It doesn't just limit them. It doesn't limit itself to one outlet. Yeah, as as you say
0: So true and that's just been really cool And I mean, I've noticed a lot of songwriters. They are doing the zoom rights or FaceTime rights or whatsapp or whatever you know your platform of choice is i've done a couple of them um and it's been great i mean it's not obviously as fulfilling as being in the room with somebody because you can bounce off their energy and stuff like that but you're still able to feel like you're being productive um and i think that's something that a lot of people are also struggling with is that feeling of lack of motivation and lack of productivity um and if you can find literally anything that makes you feel fulfilled in that way then you know, you're golden. And that's not to say that's not to say that you have to even use this time to do anything substantial. Um, You know, what nobody is saying that everybody should use this time and write songs and that your greatest songs are going to be written now. Um, Or that, you know, hey, you've never learned to play lead guitar. So you better go do that. Why don't you learn that instrument? Why don't you learn that language? Blah, 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 blah. Nobody's saying that. But if If there is something that really gets you excited and motivated that you've always wanted to do and you've never had the time to do it, now is the perfect time to do those things. But if you just want to chill on your couch and spend an abundant time with your dog, which you normally don't get to do because you're playing for 12 hours a day on Broadway, then do that. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. There's no rules.
1: Yeah. And obviously there's a a huge amount of anxiety and stress that's going along with that. So I think just to even get through this period... You, you know, there's no pressure to create during this time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Um, one other thing that I, I wanted to talk about was the advocacy that you've been doing for, you know, on behalf of musicians such as yourself um, within Nashville. And I think a couple of months ago, I noticed that, um, you know, you had posted, there was a friend of yours who had been held up at gunpoint uh, on Broadway. Um, I think he was unloading his his gear for a gig on Broadway yep. and got held up. With you know, with a gun in his face, which I you know finding incredible. It's just exactly. you know, for, obviously for a Brit as well. You know, no, I just it's something that we
0: don't even, never even crosses our minds. No.
1: Yeah, and then so you advocated to the mayor's office for safer conditions for musicians because it's really hard to get parking on Broadway. So this guy had parked around the back, which is obviously a bit more dodgy, and consequently got held up at gunpoint. So tell me about that. And then, obviously, and then I kind of want to come on to what you've been doing during this pandemic. Because um, I, I know that there, there was something to do with the mayor's office where I think relief was maybe not going to come that quickly for artists.
0: Yeah, that's right. So really, my kind of involvement with um, safety for musicians downtown, that was really the catalyst was when a friend of mine, you know, was directly impacted by um, some of the safety concerns that we've all had for the longest time down there. Um, I mean, it sucks that it took a situation like that to happen to someone close to me for me to kind of be like, okay (laughs) Let's see if I can get something done But at the same time i'm just glad that you know There was something that kind of made me kind of open my eyes and realize, you know, there must be something that can be done Um And we really did make great progress I worked very closely with the musicians union in nashville who had for a very long time tried to get something going with the mayor's office um, and and had had some success with that. But it was always something where it would get so far and then it would get pushed back. And then it would get so far and it would get pushed back. And one of my things, because I wasn't linked to any kind of organization or anything like that, I wasn't afraid to kind of go to the media and just say, look, this is the situation. This is what all of these different bodies have been trying to do. And it never actually gets implemented. Or if it does, it lasts for a couple of months and then Mm -hmm. it's allowed.
1: So do you think it was successful because, you know, you managed to get the media to finger wag?
0: Honestly, I think so. I think that was the biggest, the biggest reason that so much noise was made. And then, of course, the the uh, change.org petition, um, because that, that, that put it kind of in the public's hands rather than just the musicians. It wasn't just coming from people who worked down there. And I, I have no idea. Maybe, you know, certain factions thought that we were exaggerating the situation you know i have no idea but i think once they started to realize there are 25,000 people signing this petition who think it's insane that these things are happening or who are commenting giving their first-hand accounts of something that's happened to them you know damn we need to do something um and actually we were due to have a meeting with the mayor's office um on the 25th of march but it obviously had to be postponed because of everything that's going on um, but we will be having that meeting via, you know, Zoom or one of these similar applications um, to try and discuss what the next steps will be for when Broadway opens up. Because that was also one of my biggest concerns was that we had made substantial progress. Um, I'd managed to negotiate really good parking rates for people downtown. Um, those parking, uh, discount parking vouchers were being distributed to the venues. And then the next step was the meeting with the mayor's office to try and get um, the metro code changed so that we could have musician loading signs put in those loading zones and stopping the taxis being able to park there. Um, That had to all be done through the mayor's office. Um, And that was what was hopefully going to come from that meeting on the 25th, which had to be postponed. So hopefully when we have this Zoom meeting um, in May, we can kind of get a solid plan going to that end. Because what I would hate, I mean, obviously there's going to be so many things to deal with once Broadway does open back up. Um, And I'm not saying one thing is more important than the other, but it's still definitely a key concern to not lose all of the work that's been put in up to this point with those safety concerns. And it would be super disappointing if, you know, if all of that was lost.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Agreed. And then just tell me about the um, the relief packages that I think were potentially gonna be put in place by the mayor's office in Nashville and what the the delay was gonna be with that because I saw that it changed very quickly.
0: Yeah, so I'm, I'm not 100% sure what happened um, with the logistics with that. All I know is that um, there was a point at which the governor of Tennessee made a statement to the press um, the even- on one, one evening. I think it was a Tuesday evening. And uh, one of the reporters asked him what his stance was with regards to uh, allowing self-employed and 1099 individuals Um, to receive unemployment, because of course, um, normally they don't, because uh, when you receive a 1099, your employer isn't paying into the unemployment benefits, that's only for W-2 workers, yada, 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 yada. But of course, the federal government said, because of this situation, it's completely unprecedented, Um, we're going to allow self-employed individuals to claim unemployment and to receive the additional $600 um, checks as well. And the governor of Tennessee made a comment that said he, and he said he was unsure if he was going to follow those federal guidelines with regards to self-employed individuals. Um, And within, and again, this kind of harks back to that notion that creative people and, you know, people in Nashville and in and around the music industry uh, do not take no for an answer within like an hour of that press conference kind of going live people were emailing calling you know everything they possibly could contacting the governor's office with opinions as to why that was an insane notion um, to even mention Um, and of course it wouldn't have just impacted musicians it would have impacted any self-employed workers but especially for musicians in Tennessee uh, music makes up for such a huge amount of tourist revenue um, in the state, that it would, be, it would be incredibly obtuse of the governor to have actually said, no, we're not going to allow self-employed individuals to file. And sure enough, you know, within a couple of hours the next morning, he had another press conference and said, okay, it's fine, actually, you know, we're going <laughs> to, it's fine, it's going to be fine. So I don't know whether that was because so many, there was a huge influx of people, um, you know, saying why they thought that was a crazy Thing for him to even say and why that was going to have such a detrimental impact to such a huge part of the people who live in this state. Um, I'd like to think that was the case, um, but it just kind of goes to show that, you know, when you come after people like that, then they're going to fight back.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, that was pretty cool to see.
1: Well, hopefully that's the way politics should work and it's the will of the people. Right, exactly. It's going to be what's best for the people. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um- One thing I did want to touch on, and then uh, hopefully you you might sing us a song, Sasha. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Just in terms of, you were talking about uh, people releasing music during this time. Do you know anyone, so in terms like... That's great if you have a home set up in a home studio and you can kind of do it yourself if you're not kind of obviously going into a, a room with a bunch of musicians because yeah. they obviously can't do that or if you're able to do it remotely and have, you know, people send in their parts and you all kind of put it together. Um, is that how people are doing it kind of remotely or are they, do you know, if, you know, are a bunch of people taking music they had kind of ready to go and releasing it now or are yeah. some people kind of even doing some kind of, you know, like acoustic bootleg type sessions yeah, it's, sort of combina-
0: it's really a combination of all three. I think it depends on the artist and it depends what they're trying to do. Um, I mean, I'm planning on releasing something. I mean, I was actually due to release something around this time, um, but it all kind of got put on hold because of all this, you know, happening. And I kind of went back and forth of, is it good timing to really release something? You know, blah, 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 blah. Um, and I, I sort of spoke to various different people and they all said, At the end of the day none of us really know how long this is going to last so really it's a judgment call of what you think is best for you and i think you know that's it comes out as the same thing a lot of people have got a lot of artists have got a influx of songs that they have kind of on a back burner that they haven't released yet um that they are able to then release and promote um as if it was a new song um and then yeah a lot of people have got these home setups where or even those people i've seen a couple of people actually learning how to use Logic and Pro, Pro Tools and everything during this time so that they can release Songs or have that ability to do those things. So it's kind of been a combination of everything. and It just depends on the person mm-hmm. um, But again, that's been really cool because it's just great to see that people are still creating during this time um, It's great to have something else to focus on and I think it's great for their fans and just the general public I mean, it's, it's, it's the same as the live streams um, It's not really just about doing it for the money it's about doing it because you just want to play and you want to play for other people and other people want to listen because they want that moment of being taken out of what is going on around them right now, which is the same as when people come to live shows and live concerts. You know, oftentimes something awful will have happened in somebody's life, but they'll still go to a concert the next day because that's their means of escaping real life. And it's it's very, it's very cool and interesting to see that continuing even with the live streams and what's going on right now
1: Mm -hmm. and the connection between the artist and the fan is is changing and in some ways it's beautiful and like i I, i'm you know i follow a ton of musicians and one of my favorites mary chapin carpenter does these sort of like episodes live from home and i so love it and it's just such an in like she doesn't she's not a prolific poster um and she's doing these kind of you know beautiful sort of acoustic live from her home and it sounds great and it's just and she's got this gorgeous guitar and she's always had this great voice and these amazing songs and it just sort of blows me away what I'm listening to and the fact that it's just it it looks so easy and it looks so raw and it's such an intimate insight into yeah. an artist i have huge respect for yeah
0: absolutely and it's something that we normally wouldn't see um i mean i've been watching tons by you know artists that i love and You know, like, Keith Urban has done a couple of live streams and I've watched every single one of his because I adore him. Um, And it's just, it's it's so bizarre watching them because, you know, Nicole Kidman will, like, come into the shot and they'll just be talking as if, like, because, you know... Because that's normal, sure. Yeah, yeah, and it's just, like, it's just wild to me to watch that. And we normally don't get to see that because everything that artists do when they're at that level, they try and make it as, you know, professional as possible. Um, so normally they don't really give you those kind of insights into, you know, this is my living room or whatever. Um, but now that's happening. And I think it's really cool because it's giving, and, and, and a lot of them are so spontaneous that it's giving everybody way more of an insight into who those artists are as people. Um, and it gives you such an intimate look into their lives and their music. And it's a really cool way of feeling like, I mean, I feel more connected to some of these artists watching their live streams than I have seeing them in concert. Um, yeah, and that's pretty powerful, I think.
1: Mm. I loved watching Nicole dad dance. Yes, was so yeah. funny. <laughs> so good. I agree. I totally agree. That was classic. <laughs> it was really, really classic. Okay, well, Sasha, um, would you play as a song? Of course, of course. Yeah. So, what are you, what are you going to play us tonight?
0: Well, seeing as it's it's odd, it's funny. Um, I obviously released a single in uh, July of last year. And the song was called Rock Bottom. I did really never, well. Never in my wildest dreams or wildest imagination did I you know, think that this song would literally relate to every individual in the whole world at some point in my life. Um, and certainly not so soon after releasing it. But it's, it's funny, within a couple of days of the shutdowns and everything happening, I had an influx of messages from people saying, you know, your song Rock Bottom is really helping me right now because it's so relatable to what we're all going through at the moment. And I hadn't even thought about it because why would you, you know, you're just sort of, you're trying to like navigate how life now is. And I hadn't even, but it was amazing to me that a song that meant so much to me and that helped me through some of my hardest times was now actually helping other people through, you know, one of the hardest times we've all had to deal with as a world. Um, So, yeah. So I guess I should play what bottom. Laughing. Cool, let's give it a go.
1: Beautiful. I love that song thank you thank you for sharing um before I let you go so you were saying that that is the song that people have reached out to you and said you know Sasha that's really helped me get through this what is the song that's helping you get through this right now
0: oh this is gonna be this is normally this is gonna be so opposite of what people would expect from me normally I'm like the queen of sad depressing like let's cry in the bathtub songs (laughs) Um, But actually, actually for a change, um, for a change, I've been listening to a song by, it's by Ben Rector. He Hmm. is a kind of pop folk artist and uh, I love his album Brand New. I've always loved it, but I literally cannot stop listening. Well, it's two songs, really. One of them is called Like the World is Gonna End, ironic, and the other one is called Fear. And there's a line in that song that says, I learned to dance with the fear that I've been running from. And I think that's so relatable to everybody that's going through this right now, because over time we are kind of learning to dance with this fear that we're all trying to get away from. We're all trying to run away from the fear that we're going to lose our you know, homes and that we're going to be financially unstable and all that. But there is going to come a point and there, you're seeing it for certain individuals now where we're just kind of embracing this situation that's happening to us. It doesn't mean we've given up, but it means we're finding those silver linings in this situation and we're really holding on to those and letting those be at the forefront of our minds rather than the negative things that are happening right now. And, you know, I think that's great. If anybody can do that, then I think that's pretty, pretty powerful.
1: Sasha, that is such a beautiful note to end it on. Um, <laughs> And it, it was, I mean, I think, you know, we've, we've gone through the emotions this evening. We've gone through we the have anxiety, gone. the we've stress, all the way through. and <laughs> now we're, you know, we're on the upswing now. Um, Sasha, it is such a pleasure to speak to you. Please give a hug to your mom. I love your mom. I will, don't you worry. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. It's so good to see you. I mean, I know we're not like actually
0: together, but it does, it feels like we are. That's why I love yeah. all this stuff. You know, it's a blessing that we can all, we can all do this.
1: All right, well stay in touch. And what is so if people want to Venmo you, you can put that in the comments. I think it is at British Redneck.
0: That is correct.
1: Yes. Awesome. Yep. I figured that was easier than
0: my name. Like when I was running around <laughs> the tip bucket, you know, in Nashville, it's kind of difficult when somebody's like obnoxiously drunk to sort of get them to spell Sasha McVeigh. So I was like, British Redneck,
1: here we go. That's that's a that's yeah. For the, for the drunks on Broadway. Oh, yeah, that works. Perfect. <laughs> Excellent. Sasha, I will speak to you soon, my dear. Stay safe. Sounds good. All right, take care. Thank you so much. Bye. The very lovely Sasha McVeigh, and you can find all of Sasha's handles in the episode details. You can also watch us live each week on our Facebook page as lockdown continues. I will be interviewing or hosting something at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on our Facebook page. You can just search New York Artist Collective or click the link in today's details. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Stephanie Manns. Stay safe out there, and I'll see you next time.
2: New York Artists Collective.